You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. HR Happy Hour, great to be with you. My name is Steve Bowes. This is the HR Happy Hour, show number 202. Uh, really excited about the show today. I just want to say in advance, Trish couldn't be with us today, so we miss Trish, and she'll be on the next show, absolutely, of course. And uh, But great to be here uh, on HR Happy Hour 202, recording this on a very cold and snowy February day. This should post uh, should post uh, February 18th tomorrow on a Wednesday, show 202. It's like 72 degrees in San Francisco. Don't even start. Um, unnamed guests who I haven't introduced yet to the show. You're already on my bad <laughs> side. I'm going to tell you what. The size of the icicle that's formed outside my office window, my office is on the second floor of my, my home office here. There's an icicle outside my window that if I could dislodge it from the roof, like, it, it, it could kill a mammoth. It is so gigantic and sharp-looking and ugly-looking, and it looks like it weighs about 40 pounds. It's... Um, Ridiculous, ridiculous. So uh, anyway, great to be with you. That Our guest who chimed in uh, bragging about on his weather is Parker Conrad, the uh, co-founder CEO of Zenefits, which is a really fascinating, interesting, uh, newish company in the HR technology space, which we're going to learn more about today uh, with Parker. Just before we get to Parker, a couple of quick announcements from HR Happy Hour HQ. We've already talked about how cold and miserable it is, so we won't, we won't talk about that any further. But uh, uh, I, I did want to say um, it's awesome to uh, announce the launch of our ebook. So I, the guys who do the sports and HR stuff, the eight-man rotation crew, myself, Tim Sackett, Lance Hahn, Chris Dunn, Matt, the Professor Stala, aka Bruno, we launched our ebook last week, the eight-man rotation. So if you want to learn all about sports and HR, it's a free book, ebook. It's our fifth one, I think we've done. Uh, it's blowing up on SlideShare, they tell me. So you can uh, find it on SlideShare. Or go to the8manrotation.com the and download your free copy of all things sports and HR. So super excited about the ebook, and thanks to Matt for putting it together. So that was it. That was it for my announcements. Uh, uh, let's get right to it. Let's welcome our guest, Parker Conrad from Zenefits. Parker, I got some bio from you I just grabbed off the web. I can read it, or we could just have you kind of do your thing, Who you know, introduce yourself, and t- tell us a little bit about Zenefits. Sure. So, um you know, I, I came into um, working on HR technology from probably a, a pretty unusual direction. Um, <clears throat> my background was really um, that of being sort of a small business owner, a, an entrepreneur at a, a company that I started before Zenefits um, that was never really more than 25 employees. And, <clears throat> you know, we were kind of in a situation at my last company where we were sort of always about two months away from not being able to make payroll. Um, we were constantly struggling through this stuff, and and so we never we never hired anyone in HR because we just didn't have we couldn't afford it. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that would you know traditionally be taken on by sort of someone in the HR team of the company, my co-founder and I did ourselves. Okay. Um, 
And what we noticed is that, you know, you know, our business, and I think this is true of most businesses in the United States, at least those with less than a thousand employees, um, our business have like 20 different systems related to employees, 20 different like HR type systems. So you've got, you know, something for payroll, you've got something for medical insurance and dental insurance and for 401ks and commuter right. benefits and FSAs and time attendance software. And the problem it created is every time we hired or terminated someone, we needed to add or remove them from 20 different places. And in fact, like every time we hired someone, I had to stop off at Kinko's every day um, <laughs> to fax in their insurance application and along, along with a few other things because we didn't own a fax machine and, and the only way to kind of get folks up and running was, was via the fax machine. Right. And I kind of felt like, gosh, if, you know, if all these systems were online and they were all connected up, and if you could have the single system of record that you give to, you know, both the company and their employees, and employees can self-manage stuff themselves, um, then, then all of this administrative work that sort of anachronistically, I think, has ended up in the, H, in the HR department in most companies, all of that administrative work will just go away. Right. Um, and that's that's sort of the idea behind benefits. And so that's how I, I got started. You know, it's kind of interesting, Parker. And if you, you hear this from time to time uh, with startups and you know founders that they they had some problem in a prior life or in a pro previous business or a previous iteration or maybe in a corporate setting, right? And they just got so sick of it. Whether it was a you know the tools for collaboration weren't suitable, or in your case, you know, just the, the, the process and the headaches and the nightmares of onboarding and offboarding employees and getting them up and running in an efficient manner, you know, led you down the path of uh, creating a better, something new, uh, and something, you know, better than what existed before, which I guess in many instances was, as you said, lots of manual processes and lots of lots of uh, phone calls and faxes and just uh, tedium, if you will. So, um, yeah. It's pretty interesting, yeah. And uh, for folks maybe who were at HR Tech last year as well, Parker and Zenefits were part of our Awesome New Technologies presentation, so maybe some folks uh, caught uh, Parker there and, and Heard about it there. Certainly, um, you know, Parker, the growth rate for Zenefits has been through the roof in the last couple of years. I wonder, you know, and I think maybe from sort of your explanation of, of the problem and the solution uh, here, I think I maybe know part of this answer. But, I mean, could you, A, did you sort of foresee this kind of crazy growth? And then, B, if you did or you didn't, what can you sort of attribute it to why it seems to have resonated so well with the, the, the customers you're serving? Um, so first, for those who don't know, so Zenefits, um, you know, the company launched um, less than two years ago, um, launched our service. Um, so we're coming up on, on two years in, in May. Um, and uh, just in, in the last year, so from the beginning of 2014 to the end of 2014, we went from about a million dollars in run rate revenue to um, just over $20 million in run rate revenue. Um, and, and, you know, this year we expect to go from 20 to uh, just over 100. Wow. In, in, so to grow another 5X. Um, and really, I think the reason that we're growing so fast is we have, like, a really uh, fortunate position to be in from a sales perspective where we are selling free products um, that solves a real pain point for a lot of companies. Um, and so um, the interesting wrinkle in our business model that allows us to be free is that we kind of we kind of think that basically what benefits is and the problem that we're solving is that you know we're this sort of hub, um, this sort of HR system of record um, in this hub and spoke ecosystem where all of these other systems are like tightly integrated in with benefits, 
um, <clears throat> which is what you know sort of makes this easier for clients. And what we've kind of figured out is a business model where we actually just give that hub away for free, and we make money on all these different spokes. Uh, in many cases, in fact, in most cases, because you know whoever the provider is there is actually paying us sort of a commission or a revenue share on their product um, without increasing the price for you know the company in question. So it's it's genuinely free, um, and so we're able to you know make make enough money on that that we can afford to kind of give the product away um, for free to clients. Um, so you know, it, I think for a lot of folks, it seems kind of like a no-brainer because. You know, they're doing all this stuff manually. There's a lot of administrative work, and they kind of say, well, gosh, um, you know, Zenefits is going to solve this problem for me. And, you know, ordinarily, you know, you have this very difficult conversation around getting someone to write a check, you know, you know, committing to, you know, a certain budget and, sure. you know, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's where the rubber kind of hits the road. But for us, it's, you know, hey, no, it's a it's a free product. Um and so that, that makes those conversations a lot easier. Sure, particularly with smaller businesses, right, where maybe 15, 20, you know, 30, 40, whatever the number is, right, to say, wow, I've got to, you know, well, why couldn't I just do this on Excel? Why couldn't I just do this, for, you know, I can't go on the fax machine versus paying for sort of a system to do this. Yeah, well, but, you know, as, I mean, as you, as you get as you get bigger, uh, you know, so our, we're kind of like we say we're kind of like five to five thousand, or five five to a thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you get bigger, um, you know this problem only gets more severe because um, you know every single system that you have. First of all, you tend to have more of them as you become a larger company. Right. But every single system that you have is some amount of ongoing sort of administrative work that's multiplied across every employee in the company. Um, and so the more people you have, you know, the more work that creates. And sometimes with those larger companies, you have like teams of people handling this, yeah. where you have like several people who are just doing systems administration and data entry and paperwork um, in the HR organizations, these companies, and we can free up those folks' time to do something else. Right. And it's only getting more complex too, right, with regulations and compliance needs. Exactly. You know, with the Affordable Care Act and other stuff, some of the regulatory stuff is getting more complicated. But, the you know, some of the regulatory stuff with the ACA, you know, there's been a lot of noise around things like, you know, how if you, um, you know, if you have a part-time employee that ends up working more than 30 hours a week, which can happen accidentally, of course, sure. um, if that happens, you have to offer them the ability to enroll in your medical insurance. And so that really means that time and attendance systems need to be connected up with benefits enrollment systems, which of course none of them are today, <laughs> right. um, except through except through benefits. And so in benefits, if if your you know hourly employee works more than that threshold, they just automatically get an email from us that's like, hey, you you can come enroll in you know the medical insurance plan as soon as you get started. And if they fall back below that threshold, we take them off of the insurance. Uh, but then, of course, we administer COBRA, and we're the only online COBRA administrator in the United States. Um, and so we just kind of handle that all automatically for, for anyone who's a client. Nice. Uh, let me do a quick reset. This is Steve Bose. This is HR Happy Hour 202. Our guest is Parker Conrad uh, from Zenefits, and we're talking about Zenefits, and we're talking about uh, some of the headaches and challenges of trying to you know, administer HR and benefits and onboard and offboard Employees, particular for that small to medium size, but honestly, Parker, my, my suspicion would be like lots of other kind of tech firms that come out of, of, of the Valley area is that many of your clients are growing 
similar to how you guys are growing, right? You're probably dealing with a lot of companies experiencing really fast growth, and uh, through this model, you're able to help them ramp up much more efficiently, it sounds like. You know, that definitely happens with, with some of our clients that are, are, some of our clients are growing really quickly. <clears throat> but to be honest, at this point, I think it's like 75 to 80% of our, of our new customers are outside of tech and outside of California. Okay. So we're, you know, we have clients in 48 states and, you know, we have a lot of companies that, you know, even if you're not growing quickly, this stuff is still a headache because you're still, you know, every month, you know, there's some people that are joining and some people that are leaving and there are people that are getting married or having kids or moving to new addresses yeah. and all of, you know, all of that stuff creates all of this administrative work. And so, you know, this, this sort of problem, it's not, it's exacerbated by growth, but it's not a problem of growth. It's a problem of just, you know, that things change and there are many different systems you need to make these changes in and everything very quickly gets out of sync um, and it's a lot of work to kind of maintain. Um, and really, it should all be done with technology. One of the things that folks like me and other sort of people who observe the space like to think about or like to ask, especially when technology solutions at least enter the market, um, you know, in that small to medium-sized customer kind of space is, you know, whether or not this kind of model, how scalable is it, can it scale? You talked about five to a thousand. Now, a thousand-person company, in my mind, is a really big company. Now, to lots of folks in the enterprise tech space, that's not a big company, right? And they don't really even play in that market at all. But I'd love for you to maybe comment on Maybe just some of the larger implementations that you've done. You don't have to specifically name any customers, but just how or if the model needs to change or does it change as it moves up market? And then I guess the follow-up question to that would be, can it continue to scale beyond, say, that 1,000 number to some you know, 10, 20, 1,000 number? So I think it, it, um, it scales sort of super well, um, at, at least kind of up to that 1,000 um, employee level. <clears throat> um, and there are some functionality gaps that, make it more challenging for us, for the much bigger folks, um, that we're closing very quickly. So I think we're, you know, next month we're launching kind of the international onboarding part of our product um, to sort of allow people to hire people outside the U.S. if they have offices outside the U.S. It um, really targeted at U.S. companies that have offices overseas, which, you know, is one of several little things that sometimes make it harder for us to, um, to get larger companies as clients. Um, and there are a few other few other examples like that. Um, to tell you the truth, though, I mean, above a thousand employees, I won't pretend that I sort of like really understand that market well um, and and know exactly how it works. Um, what I what I suspect is that you know there there's nothing sort of like magical that happens when you go from you know a thousand employees to a thousand and one employees. And so right. you know o- over time, you know, as, as these things, as ten, what tends to happen is. You know, sometimes companies that start in sort of um, um, in in the in these uh, segments of the market that are you know smaller businesses over time increase their their bite size, um, and that I think has has happened to us, and I think I expect will continue to happen. Um, and I just don't know very much about uh, about what we need to, what we would need to have to be sort of a good option for a ten thousand person company. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, hopefully we'll get there someday. Yeah, that's interesting. Thanks for, for uh, those comments, Parker. It's, it's funny because sometimes it, I've seen it the other way as well, right, uh, where not just in HR but in other, other aspects of enterprise tech too where providers who are playing at the larger end of the market then at some point decide, well, 
you know, there's lots and lots of potential customers in the mid-market and even in the small market, too, and they, they start moving down. So it's almost like actors want to be singers and singers want to be athletes. And- <laughs> so so the, one, the one thing I will say is, like, my, my experience in the software realm is that um, companies only move in one direction, which is from smaller businesses to larger businesses and never the other way. Right. Um, because software, it's very hard to make complex software more simple, um, and it's a lot easier to expand the sort of functionality set for software that's already pretty simple and intuitive. Um, and so it's hard, you know, companies that are used to working with much larger companies, um, you know, Workday, for example, you know, is, is a company, you know, it takes a department of people to run that software. Um, you know, when they have a, when they have a new release, um, you know, you're you're sending people to like training courses one day, and they number their releases. You know, there's workday like 32 and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, if you're a 10,000 person company, you probably have you know um, a dozen people or even more than that who are like just focusing on like you know running this workday installation. Um, you know, that doesn't work for a hundred person company. Right. So it's it's I think really hard for companies that build software like that to move into smaller markets. Um, but the really the really killer app in in any space, but certainly I think in the HR space, is if you can build a company, and this is definitely our goal, if you can build a company or if you can build a product that is simple enough and intuitive enough that a small company can use it, but supports the breadth of functionality that a large company requires. Um, that's like the best of both worlds because that actually makes it the discipline of of your of, of requiring of having this requirement that your software still works for a much smaller business makes it so much simpler and easier to use that it's actually a much better product for a large company if you can support their needs as well. Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's kind of my sort of product philosophy on that stuff. Yeah, and that Parker, that's a really interesting uh, point as well. And I like that line about the. Uh, once the releases get a number attached to them, then uh, that's a telling kind of uh, distinction, right? Uh, uh, whether it's a Workday or an SAP or an Oracle or oh, you name it, right? You name the big company. Uh, the number yeah. release kind of tells you something. In fact, that's hot, you know, and that becomes a challenge as well, right? To to manage that, you, you not only do you need a team, often with these big systems, a team of people dedicated to their administration and to their maintenance and to their you know, sort of successful functioning. You also need people, or at least parts of people's time, dedicated to managing those releases themselves. The, those, iterate, those iterative numerical releases tend to be pretty significant uh, and, and represent a lot of change as well, and, and not so easy to manage sometimes. It's, um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, Parker, the thing you mentioned, though, about sort of building technology that's intuitive and simple enough that a small company, you know, for that small company market that we still support the, the requirements of a larger company kind of brings me into sort of the, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about today, which is this idea, and we've heard about it for years, certainly in HR tech, but probably across the enterprise, about this idea of consumerization of enterprise tech, right? The demands of users and buyers to some extent of the software, but I think primarily more users of the software that want better better design, simpler, easier to use, you know, technologies because, you know, the technologies we use in our own personal lives have become so much better and more powerful and more, uh, they bring joy to our lives, however you want to describe it. So uh, one of the things then I'd ask you then, you're dealing with a lot of companies, does complexity of the software sort of enter, how, how, how specifically do you think about it in your team when you're building 
and, and your customers talk about it. Is simplicity sort of number one on your list? I mean, besides, you know, it works and does what it says it's going to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the way the way that we think about it is is um, you know, actually, like like um, unfortunately, as as you and many of your listeners are probably aware, some of this stuff is just irreducibly complex. Um, so. Um, to give you an example, like there are lots of companies that have just very different schemes that they come up with around how they want to contribute for uh, their employees' medical insurance. Sure. Um, and so, like you know, the really simple example is you pay a percentage of the costs for the employee and or dependents, or you pay a fixed amount. Um, but there, you know, there are companies that just get all these different permutations around paying a certain amount of a base plan, or and it changes based on how many years you've been there, or based on title, and like all this different kind of stuff. Uh, and so now, I think we support in our system something like 38 different unique contribution schemes that we've encountered out there in the wild. Wow. And so. Um, you know, one of the things is you can overwhelm someone if you show them 38 choices. So when when we have a new client coming in the door, um, we only show them the two basic ones. We say, listen, you can choose either X or you can choose Y. And this is, you know, most companies fit in one of these two buckets. Yeah. Um, but then what happens is you sort of gradually reveal complexity is the right way to handle it. So um, you obscure it up front. But then if someone's like, well, I really need something else, there's a way for them to see sort of a few other options um, if they decide that, you know, for whatever reason, the, the sort of default ones are like, don't work for them at all, but you kind of have to like get there. It's not, it's not sort of like just this massive list of choices. <clears throat> and then, and then even beyond what the, the client can sort of choose themselves in our system, there are a whole bunch of them that sort of exist in our system that are never shown to them. And so, you know, if they talk to us or we're, you know, talking with them as part of implementation, they're like, it really needs to be something X, Y, Z for me. We have access on the back end to sort of more options than they can see themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think as long as like the right way to combine sort of simplicity in the software with sort of feature completeness for clients that have sort of unique needs is to just like gradually reveal a lot of this complexity or say another way, like obscure a lot of it right. from the client up front. Um, yeah. And so that's the way we build our products. Yeah, that's a fascinating way to think about it, Parker, because I, you know, in a prior life, um, I was working with a very large you know, enterprise kind of system and it, it one one benefits uh, go round, we had a number of changes uh, come down the path from our corporate sort of decision maker types to do this incredibly complex set of calculations based on some of the criteria you mentioned, right, uh, in, in terms of benefit kind of contribution and uh, age and tenure. I, I think we had, uh, had you if you completed some sort of uh, wellness course or something or did your um, uh, medical, um, you know, annual medical checkup kind of thing, and we had a flag we had to create in the system to house that. So, you know, on and on and on. And the, in, in the software eventually supported it. We were able to make the software do what we wanted to, but then, I felt like at the time and some other times in my life too where I felt like, boy, it might have been better had the software not been able to support us from doing all this because I wasn't so sure the decisions we were making were even all that sound and made all that much sense and, and were really worth doing. Yeah. You know, for the administrative cost, uh, you know, we were adding on to, to the level. It might have been nice if the system had come back and said, no, you can't do that. Uh, we're, that's silly, yeah. you know. Um, that's definitely so. You know, our approach is we try and push people towards a far more restricted set of options. Um, 
<clears throat> and then for people who absolutely must do it, you know, then then there's always sort of like a way to sort of like support that in the back end, but we don't we don't sort of overwhelm people yeah. with that breadth of choice. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's really interesting and in a, in a right approach to do it. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to keep just telling these stories, but I'll tell one more really quick one in that same place. So I once configured in an applicant tracking system something like a 13 level approval process for to post a new job to the website if we were going to hire somebody to do X Y Z, and it. You know, it all varied, depended on who the hiring manager was, what the job was, what the salary was, what the you know department they'd be in, and so on and so forth. And I'm thinking, why are we doing this? Just because the system would let us. You know, we we, we did it. It was insane. So, hey, we're this is HR Happy Hour show, show number 202, uh, not 200 and two. So Trish, when you listen back to this, I'm trying not to say 200 and two because I know I'm not allowed to say that. So um, we're with Parker Conrad, uh, co-founder, CEO of Zenefits. We're just talking about uh, enterprise tech and simplicity and design and, and sort of uh, a different approach to, to, to HR technology, certainly. And I think, Parker, I, you know, I can't think of another company just across the whole domain of HR tech, quite frankly, that's approaching the market in, in sort of the same way you do. And maybe it's unique to the to the segment you're playing in, you know, with, particularly with the benefit side. But I can't think of any. So the other question I thought I had, uh, maybe I'd run by you, is, is could you see this approach in in more general kind of applications working in our market or other enterprise markets is kind of free to use and then sort of, you, you know, the, the provider makes their revenue in, in other, in other ways. Um, Gus, that's a good question. You mean outside, you mean outside of HR? In yeah, some other... or even in HR in another domain. I, you know, I can't, I, it's hard. Maybe in, you know, it's just unique. It's so unique. I didn't mean to stump you with the question, but like I, I was trying to think about, Wait, does anybody else sort of do it the way the way you guys do? And the only other example I could think of was maybe some of the, you know, the lightweight sort of collaboration kinds of tools that let you sort of chat with your colleagues up to some number, you know, and then and then you start paying a lot. There, of there are a few examples I know of companies. I mean, they're not they're not sort of super well known, um, and, and and a bit sort of off topic because they're not HR focused. But right. one of them is there's a company called Weave um, in Utah. Um, and I know the founders there pretty well. And basically, they do something interesting. They're um, a CLEC, which is basically like a telephone company. Sure. Yeah. Um, and um, turns out, like, you know, the fees for getting someone to sort of designate you as their carrier on the phone side, you know, the fees are pretty generous. And <clears throat> what they do is they have sort of like a, almost like a practice management kind of system for dentists um, that they give away as part of that. And so they sort of say, Listen, if you, you get this sort of practice management system for free and it's integrated with your telephone system so that when, you know, a patient calls up, um, you know, their information pops up in the software and everything like that, <clears throat> and they make money um, sort of on those, like, phone fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a similar a similar power model, I think, yeah. um, and, and great guys. Yeah, hey, I didn't mean, yeah, I didn't mean to take us off the topic. It just it's such an interesting kind of a, a concept and so different. Maybe that's why it's working so well because it is unique. And, yeah. uh, you know, you've 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 carved out a, a great new way to approach it. Hey, Parker, I want to hold you up. I know you're busy, and you know I've got to get out there and chip ice off my window here again for the 14th time this week. So um, <laughs> before we wrapped up, I guess the last thing I want to say is maybe you know what's what's sort of coming up in 2015 from Zenefits. Is it you know, what's your sort of, I don't know, two or three things you're really thinking about focusing on this year and managing, I know managing your growth as a company is probably one, but maybe some of the, you know, product related things that you've got sort of maybe that you could queue up for us that we could expect to see this year. 
Well, so there there are a lot of um, there are a lot of, of product launches that I think folks will see from us this year. Um, I don't think you know we try not to uh, announce stuff before it's ready to go. So no no specific announcements, but certainly a, a lot of like really exciting stuff on the horizon. Right. And then just keeping it together. I know, I mean, I've read the reports. You guys are growing like crazy, expanding, opening new offices. So uh, that's got to keep you busy, too. I think part of, at least a good bit of your time. Yeah, and honestly, like, I mean, sort of so much of what we do, probably, you know, 80% of, you know, kind of our engineering effort and, you know, my, my share and stuff like that is, is looking at, you know, how do we improve you know, the service that we're delivering, you know, the core, the core offering, how do we improve, you know, customer support, account management, how do we doing that, you know, both uh, and a lot of times with technology to sort of make, you know, our teams more efficient to make them, you know, more better equipped to sort of like uh, work efficiently with customers and um, get answers to their questions more quickly when they call in and that sort of thing. And so that's, that's just a really, big part of our focus is just constantly trying to raise the bar on that. Great, great. Parker, that's fantastic. So uh, for folks who want to learn more, you know, get engaged with Zenefits, if you, this sounds like something uh, that, that would help you and you're running your HR uh, operations and your business, Zenefits.com, of course, right? Is there anything else we want to mention or direct people to uh, to learn more about what's happening at Zenefits? That's it. Thank you very much. All right, Parker. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for thanks for doing this. Unbeknownst to the listeners, we had a lot of technical problems getting this podcast launched today. So I appreciate Parker for hanging in there with us. Thanks so much uh, uh, for being a part of the show, and thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back uh, probably next week. Trish will be back, of course, too, with another HR Happy Hour show. Of course, www.hrhappyhour.net. You can get the show, of course, on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Just search for HR Happy Hour. Add us to your subscriptions, never miss an episode. And uh, great to be with you, and we'll see you next time from the HR Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.